Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns and Foster, Temper Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60 month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. It was the debut of Aaron Rodgers in a Jets uniform. Jets win the game 32-24. to Not that that mattered. What mattered was mostly that Aaron Rodgers was healthy and didn't get hurt in the game. Uh, but to talk about it and roster decisions and the Jets in general, we bring in Zach Rosenblatt from The Athletic, covers the Jets. Hey, Zach, how are you? I'm good, Lori. How are you doing? I'm doing just fine. Um, so what you saw from Aaron Rodgers last night in his first preseason action as a Jet, um, could that uh, was was that sort of the uh, the ideal for for um, for the Jets and Jets fans? He he you know he throws the touchdown pass, comes out of the game, and he's not hurt. Yeah, totally. I think that you know they accomplished what they wanted to accomplish. Is pretty much what, how he phrased it. You know. Uh, there was that moment where Isaiah Simmons tripped him up, and I think that maybe scared everybody in the moment just because you don't want him getting touched at all. But um, yeah, you know, I, you saw you saw a little bit of what the offense might look like. You know, they didn't have the running backs, they didn't have Dwayne Brown, didn't have Alan Lazard, so it wasn't like a complete group that it's going to look like in Week One. But um, you know, you saw the connection that Aaron has with Garrett Wilson, which I think is the most exciting thing to come out of that game because you saw in that touchdown pass that was a quarterback and a receiver that are already connected in a way that I, everybody kind of dreamed of. And so I, I think Garrett Wilson's in line for a huge year, and I only feel more sure of that after seeing that play. Yeah, tell us a little bit more about that play. Um, apparently it was supposed to be a run play, and then, um, you know, maybe they saw something and switched it out? Yeah, I think I think Aaron might have uh, changed something at the line, although he does do that a lot just on his own, just that's the way he operates. But um, I think they saw... Garrett one on one with him, uh, and they both have the connection now that I think Eric can kind of just look over there and, and give him a nod, and he'll know what's coming. And you know, even if you look at the way Garrett even went up for that pass, he waited until the last possible moment that he had to go up and get it, and then he got it in a way that the defensive back couldn't get it. It was really impressive, and, and uh, yeah, I mean, I it really did have shades of Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, which everybody has been kind of talking about all summer. Yeah, actually, I think I even heard that um, Aaron may have credited Connor McGovern, the center, for having seen something and uh, and given him a little uh, heads up on that as well, and they switched out of it. But as you said, shades of Devontae Adams, and one of the things that was always interesting with Rodgers and Devontae Adams is you would think that the rest of the receiving core, Alan Lazard and everybody else, didn't seem to be so impressive. Everybody knew the ball was going to Devontae Adams, and whether he looked covered or not, somehow he yeah. and Aaron Rodgers were 
you know, had this wavelength going on. And so one thing that I look at the Jets and maybe you worry about with Corey Davis now retiring is the wide receiver group deep enough? Um, will they key on Garrett, you know, Garrett Wilson? But is there just something where when Aaron, when Aaron Rodgers falls in love with a, with a talented receiver, um, they will find a way? I, I definitely think that's a big part of it. I also like honestly, I think Aaron Rodgers genuinely like above all else, he's going to go to the best possible place where the ball needs to go, and if that. If, you know, receivers other than Garrett Wilson aren't getting open, the best place to go is Garrett Wilson. And so I think that's ultimately what's going to come down to. And, and beyond that, you know, he's a talent and they have a connection in a way that you kind of, you don't have to force feed him, but you need to get him the ball as much as possible, both because he can do a lot with the ball in his hands. So he can do a lot after the catch and he has good enough speed to make plays downfield. So it's, uh, you know, it wouldn't surprise me at the end of the year, you look at Garrett Wilson and assuming he plays all the 17 games that he has a target share. That kind of looks like the best of the Devontae Adams years where he had, you know, 150 targets. Like, I really think there's that kind of potential here. So, with Corey Davis um, retiring, you look at the Jets' wide receivers now, and do they have enough? Do you expect there might be? I know there are some teams who are um, who are trading uh, as we get down to cut-down day. There also are receivers who will be cut. What do you expect the Jets to do there? Yeah, you know, I think you're seeing kind of, you know, you know, just a week or two ago, we were talking about how much depth they had at receiver. Now you look at it, Corey Davis is retired. Alan Lazard is banged up. He should be back in week one. And McCall Harmon hurt his finger the other day. So, I, you know, you, you have you lose one guy, and all of a sudden those injuries seem even more deathly, especially because Alan Lazard is only tall receiver. So I do wonder if Joe makes a move. I, I don't anticipate, like, a big splash right this minute. I, I don't think a lot of teams are looking to give up their star receivers. I think that more comes – you know, once teams realize they're out of contention or whatever it is. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if they claim somebody on waivers and, in, in, you know, as the roster start clearing out these next couple of days. But ultimately, I do think they still feel pretty good about that group. And, and you know, ultimately, I think something that maybe I didn't expect when the offseason started and maybe I should have is that Randall Cobb is going to play a much bigger mm-hmm. role than yep. I think, uh, you know, maybe anybody really figured he would. And even even without the Corey Davis thing, he was getting more first-team reps than Nicole Hardman, so I think he already was going to play a lot. Uh, and now I think he's going to kind of play that Corey Davis role as the run blocker, the veteran, the the guy who is uh, you know he's, he's going to be doing the dirty work in addition to being probably the starting slot receiver. So you know for a guy who was thinking about retiring this offseason before Aaron pretty much told him to come to the Jets, like, it's it's a fast turn of events and it doesn't make the receiver group look as good. I do think he can still be a solid player even though he's not so explosive. But ultimately it's a Garrett Wilson show, and as long as Garrett Wilson's in the lineup, you feel okay. But, yeah, I, th- I do think at some point they might have to go and trade for a receiver, and usually there's some receivers that come available once the season starts. And the other big story coming out of the weekend, Makai Becton was named now the starting right tackle. And how far has Becton come in his journey from, let's say, the spring and through training camp to now being named a, a starter? How much of a long shot was that? I think, yeah, I, I think long shot, honestly, is the right word. It did feel like that. You know, you start out training camp by, you know, they, they were ta- their own main goal was just to get him through a practice. And then, you know, that didn't happen for a little bit. And then when he finally got through a practice, the goal was to get him 20 snaps in that first game against the Browns. And, and then he pulled himself out of that game because he, he didn't feel great. Um, and I think that did set off some alarms, uh, you know, both internally and externally. I think it was fair at the time to feel – skeptical that he'd he'd ever get to a place where he could play right tackle and 
they hadn't played him at all right tackle because they were, you know, they really wanted to get him the reps at the left side and get him comfortable. And then, you know, the, a lot of this was necessitated by how bad the other guys were. And ultimately, Makai forced his way into the lineup. And Robert Sala pretty much said that uh, earlier in the offseason when Makai tweeted the stuff about, you know, being a left tackle. And he was like, all right, we'll go out and earn it. And, you know, he didn't earn the left tackle job, but he earned the right tackle one. And, you know, from the beginning, the best five has always included Makai. There was obviously questions about durability and, and intent and stuff like that. I think having Aaron Rodgers in the building has helped a lot. But, yeah, that's been one of the bigger – you know, developments of the off season. And if Makai can play and stay healthy, like the sky is really the limit for that kid. So it's uh, it's going to be fascinating to see how this plays out once he actually starts playing against some starting defensive linemen. Yeah, part of it with Becton, obviously the physical health and staying on the field and being able to get through those um, snaps, those reps, but also the confidence and the mental um, right frame of mind. And you mentioned Aaron Rodgers and his attitude. Who else have been instrumental in getting Becton from someone who, who, I don't know, just body language, all of it seemed like he was not um, feeling comfortable with his team to somebody who now is so embraced by it? Yeah, I mean, I, I think a lot of it came honestly came from him and, you know, maybe he got the right people in his life or something, but I think he, his attitude changed where, you know, he wasn't making, you know, he wasn't making excuses as much as now he was just trying to get on the field and doing whatever everybody asked him. And I think this new coaching staff has a much different approach, uh, especially in Daniel Hackett offensive coordinator. I think he's a little more hands-on. He's a little more about relationships and making these guys feel comfortable and positive reinforcement and stuff. And I, that's kind of the vibe that Aaron Rodgers likes. And so I think, those two, those things, like the the way they this coaching this offensive coaching staff kind of approaches things is a little different than the previous one, and so I think that's really resonated with Makai. And and you know, again, I I, I do think a big part of this is necessity. They needed somebody like Makai yep. to step up, and then he went out there and did it. So that's how now it is. Uh, talking to Zach Rosenblatt from the Athletic about the Jets, and now that we've gotten through in the Jets' case four preseason games. Big picture, who stood out in your mind, you know, obviously Aaron Rodgers and, um, you know, Becton aside, but who stood out as, as players that um, had a particularly good preseason? Um, you know, I, I think one that's kind of jumped out all all summer, and I've mentioned him in a lot, probably even on your show in the past, I think Jermaine Johnson has yep. really stood out to me. You know, he's a, he's a guy that... The Jets really, really were high on last year. They traded up to get him as a third first-round pick. They didn't use him as much last year. Uh, but I, I think he did show some flashes. I think he kind of flew under the radar because of the, the rest of his rookie class. But, um, you know, he, he had the ta- he always had the talent. And then, you know, not having much of a role last year, I think clearly pushed him and motivated him. And maybe seeing all the attention a lot of his teammates were getting uh, in a great rookie year. Like, I, I think that really he really took that to heart. And you saw him come in this offseason. He looks physically and athletically different. He looks like... He's ready to take the biggest step. I, you know, Carl Lawson's banged up right now, and if he doesn't play, and Jermaine Johnson does for however long, I, I wouldn't surprise me if Jermaine Johnson doesn't give up that starting job. Like he's, he looks like he's ready to really have a big year. And then who's somebody who I don't know, call it, took a step back this um, this training camp and preseason versus maybe what you thought of them coming in. Um, well, I, I would say one that. Uh, Maybe I'd say two that maybe come to mind for me are Max Mitchell. He's a guy that, you know, I think he showed some flash. So last year as a rookie, he did have a blood clotting condition that he dealt with that really knocked him on his butt, and he had a hard time coming back from that. He did come back. I don't know if that's 
affecting how he's been playing, but he didn't have the best training camp, I would say, especially for someone who I think they wanted to at least push for the right tackle job. Um, and then the other one is Bam Knight, who, you know, they came in this offseason having not signed Dalvin Cook. And in that stretch, it, it seemed like he was having the best camp out of the running backs. Brees Hall wasn't practicing. He showed some flashes last year. Slow down at the end. I think Michael Carter was even worse last year. So I, I kind of wondered if Bam Knight could push Michael Carter off the roster once Dalvin Cook came in the mix. And, and the way they've kind of approached things, they, they clearly value Michael Carter more than him. And then Bam hasn't really played particularly well the last couple of games. So I, uh, I think he, he didn't play himself off the roster, but he, uh, you know, I, I don't think they're going to keep five running backs. So I, I don't know if he's going to make it. So speaking of who might not make it, let's talk roster bubble and potential um, cuts. And um, who are a couple of, of players that you're wondering, uh, are they going to make it or might they be cut? Who are some of the better, more talented players at positions of depth that you think could play for other teams, but with this Jets team, there's just uh, too much depth? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. I, you know, I, I started receiver. I, I'm, I think that was, you know, I've had a 53-man roster in my final one. Um, I'd say the hardest time I had was figuring out who, you know, they have a receiver spot open with Corey Davis out, who that fifth receiver is going to be, and if they keep six. Um, you know, Xavier Gibson, going to draft a kid, looked like he has some talent. You know, Malik Taylor's played with Aaron Rodgers. Jason Brownlee kind of caught a lot of attention early in training camp. Um, and so they have a few receivers there that, you know, if whatever whatever ones that they cut, I, I think those are guys that could potentially get claimed. I, you know, Bryce Hall is a guy, a corner that, um, you know, was a start, full-time starter for this team for two years until they kind of loaded up at corner last year. Now he's kind of on the outside looking in. They might need him for a week as Brandon Neckel is suspended, but Bryce Hall is playing with the backups in the fourth quarter, which is never a good sign in the last preseason game. So um, he's a guy that, while I don't know if he has a role here anymore, he, he has enough experience. I think he was good enough that he'd get claimed to get a chance to play somewhere else. So those are the names that jump to mind for me. And in terms of um, kind of – predictions and and as we look forward oh by the way one matchup that i thought was fun to watch as we as we think about giants and jets and and the game itself um coming up later this season was sauce gardner versus jalen hyatt and um that looked fun and like something what did you see there between those two yeah you know i think sauce only played something like six or seven snaps i he did make a great play on one pass i think Mm -hmm. hyatt maybe got behind him on another um, you know, I've talked to Sauce in the past and, you know, er, even early last season, I can't remember if it was before, I think it might've been before the season started. I kind of asked him who was the hardest receiver he covered in college. And the guy he mentioned was a guy named Calvin Austin, who's with the, the Steelers mm-hmm. now. And the biggest reason was he's kind of, he's smaller and lower to the ground and he's really fast. And I think, so that maybe makes Hyatt kind of an intriguing matchup there because he is super fast. I don't think he's as tall. And so if that, if anybody's going to give Sauce trouble, it'd be that. I, I still... Until I see otherwise, I believe Sauce is going to shut down most guys he covers. But, you know, that's going to be a fun battle to watch, uh, you know, as these teams kind of go against each other. And, you know, as we look ahead, um, what is your, um, what you know, what is your prediction in terms of this Jets team? Um, do you have a sense yet of, of, you know, both record and within the division and how far can they go? Yeah, you know, I, 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 I do think this team has the pieces in place to be a double-digit win team, and I think they'll get there. Uh, I'm not quite ready to say they're they're going to beat the Bills and win the division or go on a Super Bowl run or anything like that. I think we need to see this offensive line, how it looks in front of Aaron, and if this offense can really take a major leap forward now that they have a real quarterback. So I uh, I think the ceiling is 
you know, they could win the AFC East and even more than that and contend for Super Bowl. I think the floor is that, you know, things don't go very well, and the, but they still win seven, eight, nine, however many games, and they're just not really a contender. But I, I fall somewhere in the middle where they win 10 or 11 games and they maybe are a threat to, to steal a couple in the playoffs. And then the last one before I let you go is um, Zach Wilson. What did you see out of him in the preseason? And, um, you know, if Aaron Rodgers um, had to miss a game or two, um, would do you think the Jets should be confident if it, if they're turning to Zach Wilson? Would you be more confident um, turning to Tim Boyle, the third quarterback? Um, you know, would they be confident? I don't know that they would. I I, I don't think I'll, there's. A, I think you could say that about a lot of teams that there's a back of quarterback. But you know, what with, with Zach, I, I think it was clear they were just trying to minimize the risk. I think they're starting from square one with the kid and and trying to get him just really work in the flow of the offense, and then eventually they'll let him take shots downfield and. And, you know, he didn't really do that. He did that a little bit in the last preseason game. I think he played pretty well against the Giants. Uh, but, you know, if you look at the entire body of work, he, I think he averaged five air yards per attempt, and I, which I think would have been the, the, the lowest out of any starting quarterback in the NFL last year. He just wasn't really throwing it downfield. So, you know, progress is important because of how, where he, where he started at and where he was last year. I don't think that, you know, I don't think Tim Boyle is a better option necessarily, but I also don't know that the team would feel great if Aaron Rodgers goes down and Zach has to go in. I think they believe in his ceiling and the potential he has, but you know, ultimately, I don't think he, he's shown enough to be a quarterback and lead a team to the playoffs. And I think that's what you kind of are hoping for out of him. All right, Zach Rosenblatt does a great job covering the Jets. Um, you can follow him at the Athletic or on social media on Twitter. Um, Zach, appreciate the time. We'll catch up with you soon. Yeah, have a good one. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. 
Toyota. Let's go places.